Hello, and everyone, I would like to welcome Sid to my podcast, Let That Shit Grow. Sid is a woman um, coach, um, influencer, helper type deal. So I'm going to let Sid kind of introduce himself because I feel like you could probably describe it way better than I can. And as far as like everything that you do, I feel like definitely help women in general and you help them stay on track and help them meet their goals and kind of get out of their head. So kind of give us a rundown of what it is exactly that you do. Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, of I'm excited. Course, I'm excited. It'll be a good conversation. Um, and to the listeners who are catching this, um, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to hear this conversation. So my name is Sid Scott. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. And I spent eight years in the military as a counterintelligence mm -hmm. analyst and language analyst, which means uh, I had to learn other languages and get so good at understanding them that I could read between the lines and connect dots so that well, thank you for your service, by the way. Decisions. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so I transferred those really good listening skills over to coaching. And, and what I help women do ultimately is get out of their own way and remove everything that stands between them and their authentic voice and power and their ability to share their gifts in the world the way that they're meant to. And the reason I work with women is pretty simple. It's because whenever I needed healing, whenever I needed a breakthrough support guidance, it was always, you know, a woman in my life who, who created that space for me, who helped me out. Mm -hmm. So when I was trying to figure out who I wanted to help, uh, it, it made pretty clear sense to me. Um, and so that's what I do uh, through my, I do online programs, um, I have in-person events, I do speaking. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. That's awesome. I'm, it's so interesting because I'm sure you get the question a lot, why women, but I mean, you basically summed up why that is. And I think women, as far as coaching, I would feel like would be a good, I feel like you would be good at that in a way too, because it's almost like nurturing yourself at the same time, because I feel like women kind of have that natural nurturing feeling that they give off to others too. So, I mean, even when you're helping women, I feel like it's kind of still healing for you too, at the same time with that. Yeah, I feel like it definitely was in the beginning for sure. Like just being able to have those really powerful conversations and healing conversations together um most most definitely yeah it was it was really cool and, and really you know obviously it it strengthened my own kind of you know inner masculine so to speak to to be able to really witness women and everything that they were going through and experiencing and you know without judgment without changing them without fixing them but really just there as a guide to help them get their own answers uh, I find it very empowering, especially with you being a male, because I feel like a lot of times women have a hard time connecting with the masculine on that level. So I'm sure even though, you know, you're helping them through their own stuff at the same time, you're also giving them a face of a masculine that they can see that they can trust and can go to with this stuff. And that it kind of takes that label off of men in general, that not all men are shut off. You know, you kind of open that door for the possibility that there is other, there are other men out there and other masculines that you can go to for this kind of stuff and just open up to and feel safe. So I thank you for that because it's really profounding to find men to do that. So thank you for opening yourself up in that way for women to see, because I know that can be probably pretty vulnerable for you too, because I feel like when, um, and I could be wrong, but I feel like as a male, 
you kind of have to strip away your masculine masculine a little bit working with females maybe and like be more nurturing and more feminine in a way for them to connect with am i wrong uh it depends right so it, it, it really it really depends um in a general sense yes you have to be a little bit more vulnerable but i don't i don't think there's a relationship between your your ability to be vulnerable and whether or not you're being masculine or not like i don't i don't think they're connected i think vulnerability is kind of its own thing that uh doesn't matter whether you're feminine or masculine yeah um, no it's true but so it does require me to be vulnerable to to really show myself and say hey these are these are the issues that i've experienced these these are the pains that i've had to navigate myself and i'll show you them so that you can understand that I get it and I can help you. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's really the biggest piece. Now there are some women that are, they've just been so far in their masculine, whether it's because, you know, they had a lack of, you know, healthy men in their life mm. or because they, they've really just had to make everything happen on their own. And so they're, they're so accustomed to always having to do, 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 do. And so for those, for those women, I have to turn it up a notch that they recognize that they're not going to out-masculine me. <laughs> That's and true. See, I that. wouldn't have even thought about that. That's <laughs> so true though. You're probably like, hold yeah. on girl. I... <laughs> so yeah. what do you find in, with your experience working with women, um, is the biggest obstacle for women to be in their authenticity or like just being who they are and even maybe they're entrepreneurs or maybe they're just trying to find their life path. But what is the common issue with women you find? Yeah. The most common issue that I found with almost every single woman that I've worked with, that there's this disconnect with their body. Mm. Um, they, they spend so much time in their head, so much time thinking, so much time disconnected from their intuition and what's really happening in their bodies and that's the the biggest thing that i've found this this the second thing is this um this natural tendency to want to keep the peace which oh, yeah. usually looks like a lack of boundaries which usually points to a lack of self-care self-love self-acceptance you know not honoring their inner truth uh, which again creates a further disconnect between themselves and their body and how they actually feel about things. Um, so th those are definitely the two the two biggest things. That I could definitely see working with women. I think a lot of times just being out of touch with their body. I mean, you have to be more in touch with yourself and know yourself before you can even try to help guide. I mean, even I'm sure you have to help guide women who want to become coaches like you, you know, and it's like, before you can coach someone else, you, you are the practice sheet. You are the person you're practicing with. And then that will lead into helping other people. Am I right? 100%. I think the, the best coaches out there, all it is, is they've healed themselves in really profound ways and then just show others how to do the same. Mm, for That's sure. It. So what is the number one thing you find when you work with women that lead them to end up being successful? Like the most successful women that you've helped, what do you think it is that drove them to be successful? What was it inside of them that made that happen? So 
it's it's really my belief that and, and we'll get into the spirituality a little bit but it's really yeah. my belief that we we all are called towards greatness in terms of what that looks like for us like that abundant great powerful life whatever that looks like for us i believe that we're all being called towards it now mm. when you really sit and analyze what is that voice that's calling us or what is that sound that's whispering to us inside of us if you take your brain and you put it aside you take your body and you put it aside there's still something left there and whatever that is that's left there you could call your soul you could call your spirit you could call your conscience yeah. And because if you put your brain aside and you put your body aside and there's still that thing left there, then we have to ask, well, where does that thing come from? If we put our brain aside and our body aside and there's this essence, this presence, this energy left, where does it come from? Well, it must come from God. So therefore, mm -hmm. that voice or that conscience that we're hearing must be the authentic voice of God. And what does the authentic voice of God call us all towards? What serves life? And what mm -hmm. serves life is us creating the best version of ourselves, the most healed version of ourselves, and then showing others what that looks like, giving that to others. And so that's what we're all called to do. Like, that's just my belief. And so the women who are the most successful remove everything that sits on top of them being able to listen to their conscience and what, what the voice of God is telling them to go do, be, have, and create. That's awesome. And I feel that so much, even for myself, because I see it so many times where people try to fixate on a goal or an achievement and it's not their goal to achieve. You know what I mean? Like they think that's their goal or they think that's where they need to be going because that's what everyone else is doing, but that wasn't their purpose. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. So it never works out just right, or it's never you know, a, a fulfillment for them when they do get it, because they realize it's not for them by the time they do reach that goal. So I, yeah, I definitely follow you on that and feel that so much, even for myself, because growing up, I always thought I had to do A, B, C, and D, especially being a young mom at 21. I thought I have to hurry up and accomplish this, this, and this for me to be where everyone else is at. But then I was never fully happy at the end of the day, even if it was a a stepping stone to success for others. To me, when I got there, it was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This doesn't feel like success to me because my success wasn't that it wasn't aligned with that. And I think a lot of people get so hung up on that, you know, maybe your achievement, maybe your goal, maybe your purpose isn't a nine to five job. Maybe it's life coaching like you, where you just work with people when you need to work with them. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, trying to think I had a list of questions because I didn't want to forget to ask you anything because I always hate that like I think oh I can remember this question and then I get done I'm like oh no that was I missed the most important question um do you work with any other do you work with just entrepreneurs or like who is your what's your face to what you do is it just entrepreneurs is it any type of women and any type of career path in general or what seems to be your your niche? Yeah, so it, I find more often than not, there are women who are entrepreneurial minded because those tends to like that tends to be the person who's already looking for some sort of deeper personal development work, especially when they've tried all of the other things and it still hasn't quite clicked for them. 
Um, mm. So that just that tends to be entrepreneurial minded people because two the two most difficult things that we can do in life is one start and run a business and two be in an intimate romantic relationship with another human. Like those are the two most difficult things that bring up the most of our stuff, like all of our stuff. Yeah. And so if if you're chances are if you're you know a, a woman who's in a relationship and you're you're wanting to run a business and you're you want to do both at a high level then you've probably dealt with a lot of your stuff and done a lot of personal development and you're kind of looking for that next level so so that's more often than not who I tend to work with and attract but it's it's not mm-hmm. exclusively that you know it's right it's stay at home moms it's i've had professors i've had therapists i've had you name it yeah no that's yeah. cool um what do you think a strong woman characteristics, like what are the characteristics you think, or you see in the the ones that push through, you know, the ego and all of that, and are able to break down those barriers to hear God, universe source, what type of characteristics do those people seem to hold that you've found consistently with those? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say, the the most common one that I see is a certain humility. And, and what I mean by humility is not the traditional sense of I'm going to make myself smaller to keep people comfortable, um, but more so a humility of, you know, recognizing, understanding that there's whatever it is that they're meant to do and be and experience, there's some element of it that's bigger than them. And mm. because they understand that they're willing to to go towards their edges or they're willing to seek out, you know, that different perspective or they're willing to kind of let their walls down and maybe acknowledge that, you know what, I could use some support. Maybe I don't have it all figured out. You know, maybe I don't know everything. And that really opens them up to really understand themselves. And, and once they understand themselves, understand their purpose in like a much more meaningful way. Yeah. Cause I find a hard time personally, like, like you were mentioning earlier, separating yourself and the ego and everything else, strip that all away. And then if you keep hearing that, you know, that sound or that sentence or whatever download coming through, you know, it's from God or universe. So how, what's the process look like? Like, how does someone truly know it's not their ego that's coming in or themselves coming in? How do you truly strip that away? No, it's stripped away to know what you're picking up on as God or universe source. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it necessarily matters that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but the, the easiest way to tell the difference is if you experience any form of regret. Mm. So for example, let's say you hear some sort of action step that you're supposed to take or you think, and then you have some sort of regret afterwards. And that's how you know that it was out of alignment with what you're supposed to be doing. So sometimes you just have to break through the the fear or the idea of fear not being that and just do it because it feels like something you need to do. And then you might just find out during that decision, like, okay, that was right. me. And yeah, I think because- that's process of elimination in a way you start to recognize that. I think in a way, if you haven't gotten clear on what the difference is for yourself, it does take some experience. Right. So if you're just yeah. now coming online to the fact that there might be more to you than what your ego has been driving you to accomplish to the point where it's, you're getting burned out or drained or you just know that the path that you're on isn't the one that you're supposed to be on. 
you start to become a little bit more conscious and you, and you, you start to wonder, okay, what else is there? What else is there? Well, maybe there's that little voice that I've been hearing. That's like, Oh, do this thing that I've always ignored. Cause it didn't really make sense. Like, Oh, do this thing that like, just didn't really seem safe. It seemed kind of risky. So like, I never did it. Like whatever that, whatever those little things are that you've been avoiding, or you've been always hearing repeatedly, then it's like, that's probably the thing to look at. Um, and as you begin to take steps towards it, if you're trying to separate, you know, well, is this my ego just kind of keeping me in a certain pattern all over again? Or or is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? It's you, you just got to use regret as your guideline. No, I mean, that, I mean, I feel like once I asked that question, I like immediately could feel like, well, duh, you kind of have to just do it to find out. I mean, a lot of times I think there's a lot of people who can relate to me on this. And I'm sure you probably think similar to this as well, but like our life here on earth is a huge lesson. So if you are playing it safe and you are doing what you think you need to do to stay safe, are you really living your full potential life? Because now you've created this safe house for yourself. And most of the time they say, if you feel safe, then you're probably really not doing what you could really be doing and achieving at your full highest self and at your full alignment. Yeah. No, I mean, that that whole idea is like, I get kind of tripped out about that because we a lot of us at scale, and especially in the Western world, get tricked into giving up our power in so many yeah. ways under the condition of it's for your safety. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. But see, and I feel <laughs> like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm still kind of new to putting myself out there, especially as a female, it is scary. It is so scary to... Cause I mean, it's not like I'm truly running a business or anything. I, you know, I'm just doing a hobby in my eyes. Like I'm operating a podcast and I'm just creating these episodes and meeting people like you who are super aligned with me and just awesome and natural connecting. And it's like an experience, but I want to share it with people. But I have found that like, I even have nightmares about putting myself out there on social media in a bigger light, because I don't know who's viewing this and I don't know who's watching this. And I feel like Maybe have you had other females that you've worked with say, I'm scared to put myself out that big because I don't know who that's attracting and what could, you know, like that's 100%. my biggest fear and setback is who, am, who is truly, you know, looking at this as, you know, a knowledgeable thing or a hobby to listen to, or who is listening or following this for other reasons. And that scares me. And, you know, I have my kids on my Facebook profile. So like my Instagram, I even try to shelter my kids and my personal life, but I want people to know me and know that I'm relatable and I am personable, but that is my biggest fear. So what would you suggest for other women like me who may be having that issue of how far and how much we're going to put ourselves out there? Yeah. So the first thing that you always have to consider with like the idea of vulnerability and putting yourself out there is like, is it relevant? Because there's, there's a lot of people that just put too much of their business out there that's not it's it's just not relevant in terms of like what's the intent is the intent to help other people or mm. is it something else and if the intent is to help other people then that kind of informs how much to share right and so that's the mm -hmm. first thing um but the second thing with the with you know with the women who are really afraid to own their voice and they're afraid of of what could happen you know it really i i take them through a process of creating safety inside of themselves first because at the end of the day, if your internal world is right, then your world out here will be right. Like oh, point yeah. blank period, like it will mm -hmm. be right. But if your world in here is fear, 
then that's what you're going to experience. And that's what you're, that's what you're going to see out there. Um, but really at the end of the day, like being afraid of what's out there is not, it's not your business. That's what I tell them. I'm like, it's really not your business. You can only be concerned with what you have going on, but what other people are going to do, that's their business. That's true. And, and I can't and control. Really, I think that's really my problem. And I'm sure other women could relate to this too. I think as women, especially mothers, it's like our job is to control and schedule and run this process of a day that makes sense and stays on task. And so the thought of like someone having negative or ill intentions of like viewing my profiles or, you know, following me, it's like, I can't control that person. And if I sit back and, and I'm realizing, and I'm kind of also adding that to myself and telling myself this as we're talking, but I'm realizing in this moment that I can't control others and it, what happens is what's going to happen, but I can't not live out my full potential and fear of what someone else may think or do, because there may not ever be someone who will ever have an ill intention or, you know, maybe I, like you said, if I, if I'm in alignment with myself then that should align who keeps following me. So I think I need to get over that, that hunch yeah, of I like, mean, what if. You definitely have to, you have to get over it because it's, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't even follow universal law. It doesn't follow spiritual law for you to be giving all of your energy to that negative outcome that you don't wish to experience. So what kind of going into spirituality a little bit here, but what do you think, or what drove you into your spiritual awakening or awareness? Like, how did that look for you? Yeah, so it's interesting. I grew up uh, similarly to you, I think. I had a similar upbringing as you, different for a lot of reasons, but similar in that I grew right. up in a small town, Wisconsin. Um, so very, very, very small rural upbringing and very, just very small minded. And so I okay. went to, I went to church school um, where I was like the only kid in my grade at most, there'd be two other kids with me in my grade. And then I was homeschooled a couple different times um, before I finally went to public school. So I had that like very small rural religious upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just had questions that I never really got answers to um, in that upbringing. And, and, and for example, I'd go to my church school and I would see, you know, this this white Jesus with blue eyes and straight hair and, and everyone was white except for me. And I was just like, this just something just doesn't this just yeah. I don't I just I felt like I didn't fit here. It just felt off. And then, you know, when I would always read about how jesus had hair like wool and then i would look at the white like wait a minute hair. i'm like this isn't this is not how jesus is described in this thing that i'm studying and so i just you know i just had a lot of questions and you know whenever i'd go to church i would just be stared at and it just like it just didn't it just felt so wrong and i always wondered why do i feel so much like guilt and shame for just existing you know it just it just didn't yeah. seem right to me um and so I kind of abandoned the re religion, so to speak, as I got older and I wanted to really understand like who or what is God like for me? What, what does that really look like? And so my, my, the first time that I, I really got uh, a, 
like a loud wake up call. Um, I was I was going through one of my depressive spells when I was in the military. And I remember for for days and, and weeks, I was like, just I need something like I need something to let me know that like I'm not alone. I need something mm. to let me know that. Like, I'm going to be OK, because I just was not doing well. Um, and then I had I, I won't get like too too into the details, but I had like a really, really vivid dream um, that was just, you know, deeply spiritual. And then I met this presence that the the most that I could understand was it was my soul. Wow. And, and, and it was, you know, and, and it was infinite. And I and I and I met that. And, and it embraced me in this dream and I and I just had this understanding of like oh my god this is this and this is what I've been looking for like just understanding that like I'm not alone out here mm-hmm. and then fast forward a couple of years you know I'm doing some some deeper trauma work with myself because I'm trying to figure out how is it that my income keeps going up but the amount in my bank account keeps staying the same I was getting so frustrated. I was mm. so bad. So I many people this. could probably relate to that alone. Yeah, you know, I, I was being, I was just so angry. I'm like, wow, you know, like I, I, it got to the point where between my military income and like my side stuff, I was like, dang, you know, I, I'm exact. I'm like, I'm making over ten thousand dollars a month. It's like a twenty four year old military kid. I'm like, why? What is going on here that I can just keep like, that I keep running out of money? Um. And so I was doing some deep work and, and some stuff that was kind of stuck in my heart space that had to do with my mom. And once I kind of cleared all of that up, I felt like this glow in my stomach. And I was having a conversation with this glow in my stomach with, with the coach who was facilitating the space for me. And he had me ask, you know, this presence in my stomach, how old it was. And the presence in my stomach very loudly told me, it's like, you wouldn't understand how old I am. Wow. And I was like, oh, fuck. I literally okay. just got goosebumps. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Like, who or what are you? I'm like, is this God? And the voice was like, yes. And I'm like, fuck. Oh. Like, God was like literally inside of me. I was like, fuck. Wow. I'm like, this is what I've been wanting to understand and this is what I feel like I innately understood as a kid I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm not separate from this thing that we're worshiping I'm not separate from this and this figure that we're looking at is not an accurate representation of of Mm -hmm. what's so what's really going on here like what is this religion really doing to us um but but that's just like a little bit of of what I what I've experienced and and now there's a lot more clarity for me in terms of going back to your question earlier, what's the difference between my ego and God? Like, that's pretty easy for me to hear at this point. Yeah. It sounds like you are very much in tune with your own self to know that's not you or it is you, you know? And I think it kind of goes back when you mentioned women and they're not being connected to their bodies and why that's so important, not just to help others, but to even help themselves. If if you can't tell which voice is yours and which voice isn't, it's going to be really hard to stay on your life path and on your journey that you're supposed to be on. Yeah. And and one of the things that you kind of really just get to learn is like, (laughs) there's some, there's, there's things that we want that like serve life and serve our highest good. And it, and it serves everyone else around us. And then there's other things that just serve us. Yes. And that it's okay to serve yourself and not just other people. I think a lot of people 
feel like it is conceited or selfish to well, serve themselves. Well, hold on. I'm not, I'm not done. Typically, if it's a really self-serving thing, it's your ego. Ah, like, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. So, for example, my ego might be like, oh, you know, write this post and, and position it a certain way. And then and if I really take a step back and read the post, I'm like, okay, is this serving to make you look a certain way? Or is mm. this actually adding value to someone's life? I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. That or it's like, everything. hey, you know, really just like go ahead and just eat that cake and really just, you know, take it all in. And it's like, wait a minute. Am I a better man for my woman when I'm like cracked out and numbed out on cake? Or is that mm. just for me? Right. And so that's it's like, like that's how you can kind of tell, like just the very basic. That kind of helps people, though, that are listening, understand a start to being aware of ego and what that may look like, because I think sometimes people need to see it to understand if they're a visual learner. So if you are a visual learner and you're hearing this, you know, visualize your ego as the cake. If you're eating it, you're, you know, that kind of thing, like that would be your ego. That is your ego showing up. And so visualize that ego as an energy for that, because I even do that now, like where I start to envision things. It's like, I don't even envision it as it's as itself. I just try to envision the energy of what I'm working towards. If I'm working towards, like for an example, being a stage, presenting myself somewhere, I'm just feeling the energy I'm getting from being on that stage and being so, you know, it's try to visualize the energy that you're getting and the feeling you're getting, not so much the item itself. But I think a lot of times people don't know how to visualize their manifestations or visualize their ego and what that represents. So that's a good way of doing that. Yeah. I mean, it can be hard too, if you're trying to visualize into something that you've never experienced and maybe is so far from the reality that you're experiencing. I mean, it can definitely be challenging. Hmm. So what kept you on task? Cause I'm sure as many things, there's setbacks or there's things that come up and you start to question what you're doing or why you're doing it. So what has been your why? Like what? Cause I feel like everyone has to have a why to stay on task and to stay motivated. You know, that's a really common piece of advice that I've heard a lot. I don't, I don't know that I really agree with it. I don't, I don't necessarily think that there has to be this big grandiose why um, mm. in the way that people think of it, because again, depending on where you're coming from, you might not have that. Like, so, right. So like my initial why was, I don't want to feel like killing myself every day. That was my why. Yeah. I need to feel and your why could change. This. And it could be like one of those things <laughs> like yours. Yeah. You're started off like that, you know, and I'm sure now it's like, you just get joy out of it. That's enough, yeah. you know? So I yeah. can totally understand and, and another person's sure. why could be like, I just don't want to be broke. Like there, it doesn't right. like your why doesn't have to be like this, this big thing. You don't necessarily need it D depending on where you're at obviously there's there's no absolutes here um with this conversation but in terms of like what has really kept me you know on task is i think the military really created something inside of me that actually really likes challenges that actually likes having to overcome something and and I think it high it, it kind of highlighted that inside of me too where it's just like for example when I when I got to boot camp uh one of the first nights 
they were they were just lighting people up and i was laughing i was giggling i was laughing i thought it was kind of funny yeah and then they, they came to me and they're like hey you think you're smart and i'm like i'm like yes sir i think i'm smart <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing one of the worst things i could have ever done but i'm like no nah, lesson I don't, learned I that day. in my mind in my mind i'm like i don't care like I, I don't i'm about to i'm about to be i'm about to i'm about to crush this you know like that's just where my head yeah. was at. like i'm about to show y'all like watch and um they were like okay we're gonna call you training giggles from here on out don't respond to anything else you're training giggles i'm like okay and then they gave me like this thing this thing that i had to memorize like by tomorrow and be able to like repeat in front of everybody and it was, okay. I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was, it was a challenge. It was like a whole page, you know, report thing that I had to do. And, but I, I mean, I did it and I was like, I'm going to show y'all. I think it's just something innate in me. So, but, but what I also understood is that initial challenge that I, that I crushed when there was a leadership opportunity that opened up a week in the boot camp and everyone voted for me to lead them. I'm like, yeah. Isn't it weird? It took you to do that and then tell you memorize this show up do it you did it to show people who you were in a moment to know that you were a leader like you kind yeah. of put that in place for yourself like you kind of did that for yourself in a way you know and all those guys were probably sitting there like oh shit you know he's gonna have to do this and that and you know look like a fool by tomorrow and then you show up and you do it it's like no you did that for yourself in that moment you didn't even realize what was around the corner uh, i didn't No. <laughs> what could be called upon and i i can say that it's crazy how this all connects even with what we're talking about because i feel like people quit when the achievement in, is right around the corner you know yeah. we don't see what's around that corner and what we're working right. towards you didn't even know what business. was going to come and we yeah. always want to know. We want to know everything. We want to know what we're getting. We want to know where we're going. So that's a good little like analogy in a way, just with your experience of you did something you were told to do and you put it in place for yourself. And then there was this award around the corner of being shown, like I am a leader. And it probably woke you up too to another enlightenment of what to do after that. Like, okay, so I just, did you have that leadership role ever before then or? Was that the first time you felt like someone actually placed you in a leadership of something? You know, I, I don't think I had the awareness of it then, but mm -hmm. you know, I can look back in hindsight and see that's kind of how it's how it's always been. However, yeah. like it definitely reached a new level there, um, which is you know kind of why more I say intense, like, you know, yeah, like the military definitely brought this aspect of me out for sure, and. I definitely, I definitely needed that. And, and that's what I really believe for all of us. We need a significant challenge and significant adversity to really bring aspects of our character out because that's who we really are. It doesn't matter how we show up in the world when everything is perfect. It matters how we show up when we're like actually up against the challenge or like a legitimate problem. For and sure. So that's what like kind of introduced me to me. I would, I would send every man to boot camp if I could and and actually tell them to not just try to get through it with your head down, but actually show up. Show up. And it's crazy too, because I've only interviewed you and one other person so far. And both of you guys have military backgrounds. You guys could relate on so many levels with that alone, I'm sure. But then coming out of it with your mind being just messed up and not how it started, 
you know, yeah. and refiguring it and finding its path again and getting back on track. And yeah, yeah, so I feel like you and him definitely could relate on that level for sure. And it's crazy how both of it, both of you guys ended up in a position now where you're just trusting what is and flowing and just letting, just being water, you know, just letting it flow. As best as we can, right? Because I'm not going to sit and try to pretend like it's easy, you know, every single day, but like just doing the best we can to just like love and accept and welcome what is. Well, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you putting yourself out there because that's the biggest thing. A lot of people have ideas and ways to help and heal others around and connect. And then they get scared of that vulnerability. And I'm sure as a man and or a masculine, it's like, do I want to go there? Do I want to show my show up like that, especially with the military background? I mean, military, it's like, you know, are like, I'm this big tough guy. And then with what you're doing now, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be personable and relatable and grounded. And it's crazy to see that you two both went from that experience to finally being in this alignment with yourself. It's like that military background as much as it was hard it was like you needed that you needed that to happen to be where you're at now yeah unfortunately um it just tends to work out that way where like like i said we need some sort of adversity to understand ourselves and you know understand life a little bit and understand emotions and it, it just tends to be that way. And and I would say I'm still learning. I'm still figuring out. I'm, oh, I'm, still, sure. I'm still figuring it out in that, you know, uh, on, on the one hand, I can be really vulnerable. But on the other hand, you know, I can people can feel then this is feedback that I've gotten, like that I'm just not that relatable necessarily. And I'm like, OK, you know, like. I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like I'm still, you know, I'm still figuring it out. I feel like you're definitely personable and relatable. Like I've had any issues connecting with you. I mean, I even feel like we've talked like this before, before we talked, like it wasn't like weird or anxiety driven to get on and record with you. I felt like, Oh, I'm just going to record with Sid, like just another thing to do. But, um, well, that's cool. Yeah, no. So to each their own, I think you're a cool guy. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to connect with me and my listeners and just kind of giving them a stepping stone idea of what it is that you do and how to help others and get out of your own head kind of thing. Because a lot of times we just get in our head and that's it. And it's game over and we're going back to the day-to-day stuff. And that can be, that's to me, that's sad. I like think about even who I was three, four years ago. And I was so like a robot. And now I can't even imagine mine changed honestly during COVID. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've always worked and I, I've always, you know, had that work mentality, but then I had my second son who's now four and I stayed home after that. And then I had my third son who's now two and I continued to stay home. So I've been home for a little over four years now. And I was doing the same old like mom routine with the kids, you know, what would a typical stay at home wife do? What would a stay at home mom do? And then COVID hit and that kind of changed everything. And I went through this huge spiritual awakening where I was like, um, I guess you can kind of call it like a dream. Um, 
like a dream state of like the universe, like telling me, um, that I'm so much bigger than this. I had a lot of worry on me at the time about one of my kids. We were going through some medical issues and I was scared of what the results were going to be. He has very enlarged lymph nodes on his neck. It's very noticeable. And so we had to have ultrasounds on him and make sure it wasn't cancerous or anything like that. And so it was on a Friday. So of course we had to go the whole weekend before we could hear back on if it was cancerous or not. And I, yeah, so that night I was in this awareness with the universe and the universe was like, what you worry about every single day is so small and so little and insignificant to this life. This life is a speck of what you are and what's, what is, you know? And I just couldn't believe it. My mind was blown in that moment of like the universe telling me this. And I haven't even spoke out loud about this. And I almost have retained this information to myself because I didn't want people to think, oh God, she talked to universe. She's freaking crazy. But I did. I mean, I did. I had a connection with the universe and I was in the cosmos. I saw the stars and they were, the universe was explaining to me, like, this is you. You are all these stars. You are all these lives. You've been through all these things and it's okay. And it's so little and everything's fine. And then I started purging. I started purging negative memories and the universe was telling me you hold on to a lot of childhood trauma and our child stuff, you know, and we're going to show you those memories real quick. And when we show you these memories, you're going to let it go and you'll never remember it again. And I remember thinking like, what in the world? And I would get a memory. I couldn't even tell you literally exactly what the universe said. You're going to remember it right now. You're going to purge it and you're never going to remember it again. And I would remember this memory and think like almost too much. You know what I mean? Like I totally forgot about this and I was carrying on to it this whole time and letting it define me as a person. And then I would purge it and then I would never remember it was gone. I was like, wait, what did I just purge? And then another one would come through. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, another one. I can't do another one. And I would purge again. And this happened, I don't know, probably like seven or 10 times. And I thought I was dying. Honest to God, I was like, something's not right. Where, like, what is going on? Because my vision was gone. I just could just see what the universe was showing me, like being in the cosmos and then showing me the memory. It was like, I was living in the memory in that moment. And then once the purging was over, I was sitting in my bathroom and I was completely normal. Everything was fine. And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? Took a shower and I used THC. And I remember thinking maybe I just freaking (laughs) went overboard on my THC before going to bed or something. But I had a couple of other times during meditation where this would happen. And I realized like that was not from the THC. That was a full blown contact with source. And it was the weirdest thing. Cannot explain it. Nothing that intense has happened since then, but it definitely made my wheels turn. Like, what was that? Who are we? Who am I? And this was like a huge rabbit hole ripple effect of my existence and what we're doing here. And it's wild. I've never talked about it since it's happened, but definitely a crazy experience yeah well thanks for sharing I, I feel like that was a really it was just a really trans transformational time for a lot of us I feel like when everything kind of stopped and we were all experiencing a lot of fear and like what what's going on mm-hmm. you know, I think it opened a lot of people up to 
other you know, possibilities. A, a I mean, picture, yeah. Other before COVID, I was, you know, my family and I before COVID, we were going to church every Sunday. You know, we were on that path of we are this family. We go to church every Sunday. We go to Bible school. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's aligned with you and that's a co- easy connection for you to make with God or source. That's totally fine. But um, yeah. And then when COVID happened, obviously churches had to even close, couldn't even go to church service or anything. And so it was like the universe gave me that pause away from my normalcy of what I've always known and have always been raised to think. And I started thinking outside the box and yeah, when that all happened, it was, it was wild. It was scary. I just remember being so scared about COVID everything. And, um, that was actually right after, well, the spiritual awakening that I had was after COVID had already started, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I would be where I am today without that happening though, as crazy as it was and as scary as it was. Cause I mean, the moment you realize you're not in control of what the universe wants you to know and see, it's, it's a very outer body experience. And it's been really hard for me to surrender since because I have a hard time accepting that I'm not in control. So if anyone else is like that, you know, it's just, I know it's easier to say, just surrender, just let loose, just don't control everything. But how do you teach people or women to let go of that, that control feeling and just surrender to things? How, what's the process look like for that? Yeah. So the process looks like just healing your relationship with trust, right? There's, there's trust of self first, there's trust Mm -hmm. of others and then there's trust in God. And like, you gotta, you gotta go through those layers to, to really heal yourself in that regard. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a lot for this conversation, but the simplest way is to look at, you know, when you think about where you have a mistrust, you, what you essentially have is a misunderstanding. And so if we can look at the areas that you have a mistrust, we can find the misunderstanding, gain understanding, gain clarity. And now, you'll, you know, you'll have trust again. And then in terms of like this idea of, of wanting to control everything due to not having trust, it's like, well, once you get really good at controlling yourself, I mean, you, you, you actually just don't have the same amount of energy to be so worried about, you know, everything else. And again, if your world is right, if you're right with you and you're right inside, everything out there will be right anyways. Makes sense. I feel like I just need to trust myself. I feel like I have a hard time trusting myself or like allowing things to happen the way that they're supposed to like that. I need to let go of that controlness. And I think once I can, and I've gotten so much better, but there's still something I haven't found or figured out quite yet that I've been trying to, it's, it's weird. It's like, um, the other person I've interviewed, he told me, I think we had just got done recording. And we started talking real quick and I was like, dang, I wish I was recording still, but he made a perfect analogy and it was go to the root. You need to go. And maybe he did say it when we were recording, but he mentioned like you are trying to fix all the leaves, the branches, and you're revisiting all these things. But if you just went to the root of the problem, the root of the tree, the plant, it would fix and heal all these other things and it's like damn i don't even know what the root is <laughs> like what's the root you know what's my root yeah. and-, and then that's the thing right like we don't know the root consciously that's when we have to get into our bodies and i still think i i think that's my problem is i'm still not quite in tune with who i am i think i i need to 
I know who I am, but I haven't accepted that this is who I am and not to worry about what other people think because I feel like I've been this person for such a long time and now I'm finding my my authentic self and now it's like are people judging me because now I'm this different person I'm showing up different like what they are they probably thinking? are yeah and that Definitely. to me is probably the problem honestly speaking and they were judging it. you before that too yeah so it's like I'd rather them judge me in my alignment my authentic self than judge me for being <laughs> someone I'm not yeah. But I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy how when you go into your authentic self, how much things change around you. And it's, it's a lot of change, I think, for me, because I'm so used to controlling things. So all these changes start happening. And I was like, Oh, hold on, pump the brakes a little bit. Like I need some normalcy for a minute. And I think when I did that, and regressed a little bit, it's been like a slow pedal back on my bike to where I was going. So I'm in that phase of slow pedaling back to the pace I was at because I put the stop on my authentic self there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to the easiest way that I could describe it for like anything. It comes down to like, you have to have a system in place that allows you to transcend yourself every day. Because when you think about it, when you transcend yourself, you're not afraid. It's you realize how how big everything really is. And you realize that it's not about you in the ways that you're trying to make it about you all the time. Because even if it's like a fear of judgment of what other people are going to think about you, that's so much about ourselves. That's we're just making it all about ourselves. What are they going to think about me? And how am I going to feel mm -hmm. as a result of what they think about me? That's making it about me. Yeah. Make it bigger and in all honesty, nobody freaking cares. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean they, they, they can judge they in a second and, and then they're judging someone else the next second. I mean, 100%. and I try to like, and I tell my friends and family this, I give them advice and I don't even take my own advice, you know, and it's yeah, just and that, that you can't do. Yes. And I'm so bad about that. Cause I would look at someone who said that and be like, who cares? Like, okay. They care in that moment of what you're doing, but then something else is going to come across their path because they're judges. They want to judge they're going to judge the next thing. And they're going to forget that they even judged you for that. And they're not even in your circle. They're not even in your energy, like your whole family, your house. You, they're not even in your life path at all. It's someone you just cross paths with who cares what they think. But then I sit here and I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you definitely, and, and that, that's what sows the seeds of mistrust for sure like there's just no room for it so the the best thing that i can tell anyone who's like navigating this journey of just living out their purpose really is what we're talking about yeah is you have to deal with yourself every single day and transcend yourself every single day and so that really looks like having a system in place that you execute every single day without missing and that system is set up in such a way that you take care of yourself first and then you can be on other people. And it's like, and that's just how it works. And I don't know if you've been following me at all for, you know, very much, but you probably see in my stories that like, I don't miss. I never miss no matter what's happening. I'm always there every single day with the message. I just won't miss. And part of that is because that's part of my system to get out of my own way so that I can get onto other people. Because we are our biggest obstacle with everything. We we make those obstacles come into play in our own heads. They don't even yeah. exist. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit more about how it works really quickly if, if we've yeah. got time. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just tell you really quickly how it works. The first thing that I do is I get up early at a time that's uncomfortable for me. 
Mm, that's my problem. Getting up. The reason I do that. I get up early at a time that's uncomfortable for me because the second I, I start my day with overcoming something like that, then I'm, then I'm over, I'm going to be, that's, that's, I'm habitually constructing someone who overcomes their own shit. Damn. So that's why I get up every single day at a time that's uncomfortable for me. The second thing that I do once I get up at that time, that's uncomfortable for me is I say, it's not about me. It's mm. not about me. Because there's a voice inside of me that's going to say, why don't you lay down a little bit longer? Why don't you lay down and, and sleep That's my longer? voice. That's Brooke's voice in her head every morning. Bitch, go back yeah. to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but here's, here's the voice that kicks in when I say it's not about me. Right? Well, if I get up and take care of a certain set of habits, now I can get on and taking care of other people. Now I can be an mm. example. Now everyone else is waking up earlier. Now everyone else is showing up better for themselves. Now everyone else gets a better version of me. Like it's so, it's really not about me. If I get up every day early and take care of me, by the time my fiance wakes up, she gets the best version of me. Well, it's not about me. It's about her. Dang. It's about my house. Isn't it's it crazy that, that one little thing, just getting up early? It's not crazy though. It's pretty simple. No, it's just a little thing in part of your day that you can do to change. Yeah. Changes everything. So, that, so that's like yeah. the first part of it. And then I, I, you know, I go through a rest of the system and all my clients go through the same system it totally changes their life. But that's really the foundation of it is, is literally setting your life up in such a way that by time a couple hours has passed, you've already taken care of yourself in such a profound way that you're already on to other people. And when you're on to other people, you don't have time. Or you don't you don't even spend time thinking about you and like all of those small minded things that we think about that's like all about us. Mm. Oh, that's perfect. And I need to practice that because I tell myself, like, I'm like, this is how bad I am, Sid. <laughs> so like I will lay out my clothes to go lift in the morning because my husband's schedule is so crazy. And with three kids at home, it's really hard for me to find time to go do that. And I need that release. I need that that extra push. And so I normally do it later on in the day and it never feels right. I feel like I'm rushed. I feel like I have to hurry up and get through my workout. And so I have told myself I'm going to lay out my gym clothes the night before. So everything's already out and I won't have to worry about anything. And I'll set my alarm for five o'clock and get up and go. That'll give me an hour, if not more, to get home before um, he needs to leave for work. And then I can start breakfast, get the kids up like, this makes sense. This would make me a lot happier in my day and not feel rushed mm. to get all these things done. And I will lay out my clothes. My alarm will go off. I'm like, no, I need more sleep. I need sleep. I don't need gym. I need sleep. And I talk myself out of it every time. So I just need, I definitely am looking forward to practicing that because I think that's a lot of my problem is I'm starting my day off rushed and well, yeah, triggers I mean, everything. The it, there's not this is that but there's also the fact that when we say when when any of us says that we need to do something or we want to do something because it's better for us and better for everyone around us and then we don't listen to it what are we doing we're essentially ruining our ability to trust and confide in ourselves and if we don't have mm -hmm. that then we just can't move forward in other things that like really matter and we stay stuck on like the most basic level when we're supposed to like level up level up level up and so you know, if I could tell you or anyone, what whatever, whatever that conscience is telling you would be better for you and that you actually want to do, you cannot negotiate at no. all. And no, you have no, to just realize like how like you have to you have to form such a negative association with negotiating that like it's too painful not to. So what works for me, you know, for that example, 
I'm not saying this will work for everyone, but if it can work for me, it can probably work for you. <laughs> right. It's, it's, I'll tell myself, are you really that much of a bitch of a man that yeah, you that's are going to choose your own selfish self of sleeping longer? Like, is that who you really are? And then I'm, I don't want to be that. I'm like, oh, I do not want to be that. I just, and I just get up and go. And like, that's what it has to be. And And I always tell my clients that have kids, I'm like, do you really want to like look at your kids one day and just tell them like, I'm sorry, I never figured it out. Like mm. my bad, I could have tried harder and I just didn't. And so right, this is the best that I can give you. And I'm like, and it's Damn. definitely one of those things. Yeah. When you put it like that, it's like that alone will get me out of bed. If I'm like, are you going to be lazy? Are you going to be lazy and start your day off with the energy that no one else deserves to be around because you're, you're rushed. They're not rushed. You're rushed. Right. You know, because you're making and, it about you. It's like, yeah. dang, I think about kids that I don't even have yet. And I'm like, yeah, I don't ever want to have to look at my son that I'm going to have and have to explain to him like, yeah. So the reason dad is weak is because, you know, he just never wanted to get out of bed and take himself to the gym and be strong for you. You know, so mm. that's the reason why you have to be embarrassed about your dad who looks like a sack of potatoes because he just never figured it out. Like, I can't mm. even like I just can't like I can't even imagine. Or like, you know, yeah. my, I'm going to have a daughter one day and she's going to have some dude come over. And then like, imagine me being like in in less in a worse financial position than the dude, a worse physical condition than the dude. I'm like, I could mm. I could never do that. Like, no, she needs to dude, have the example. Yes. She has That's to have crazy. that example. And Just so like, yeah, I got to wake up. Be enough. I got to wake up. Yeah, I got to wake up and get to it. Well, now I feel motivated to really wake up because now I know I need to just have that thought. And it's like one of those things I hurry up and quiet my thoughts and just go right back to sleep. Like I don't even give my thoughts a chance to creep in to tell me, no, you need to get up, you know, but I feel like I've been better about it. Like I've been creeping, getting up a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier, but I just need to one alarm, get up, stop screwing around. Yep. That one alarm goes off and you remind yourself that it's not about you. That's perfect. I love that. Well, is there anything else um, you would like to share with my listeners or could you uh, direct my listeners onto your platforms and let everyone know where they can find you and reach you for your services? Yeah. The best place to to get in touch with me is on Instagram at I am Sid Scott, S-I-D-S-C-O-T-T and shoot me a message. Um, one thing about me is I, I don't let anyone else run my messages or my DMs. It's always I love that me. too. Yeah. It's always me every time. It's always going to be me. It's never going to be an assistant or whatever. It's always going to be me. So definitely reach out to me and uh, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining. And I hope my listeners follow you because every day you do truly have something inspiring to say and enlightening to say. I look forward to hearing it, especially when you talk about fear, getting out of your way. Those are all very enlightening for me personally. So thank you for making those and know that you are making an impact on people around you. Even if you aren't told every single day you are. So thank you for joining me. And I hope we talk again soon. Thanks for having me.